Hello and welcome to the first Noise Creators podcast. My name is Jesse Cannon and I will be hosting these, but today is going to be a little different and we're going to start off with me and Johnny Minardi talking about what Noise Creators is because we are two of the guys behind it. Johnny. Hello. This was your idea. Can you first tell us how you got here and what you've been doing with your life ever since you were born? Absolutely. (laughs) So, I mean, I'll go back real quick for the little synopsis of... I uh, in high school I decided to that there was a ton of local bands that I liked and no one was putting out their records so I said fuck it I'll do it put out some records made a ton of mistakes spent a lot of money um, learned a lot along the way a couple of those bands moved on to bigger labels and I eventually can you tell us about who some of those were so one two of the bands that I worked with August Premier and Academy is moved on to Feel by Ramen Gatsby's American Dream moved on to Fearless Records. And Hidden in Plain View moved on to Drive Through Records. Um, and I put those records out when I was 18 and 19 years old um, on a label called LLR Recordings, which uh, shut down once I moved over to Feel Bar Ramen because they were signing a couple of my bands. So basically liked where my head was at, brought me down, started working with them. It was great. Worked there for about eight years side, side by side with Atlantic Records as well since Feel Bar Ramen was associated with Atlantic. So while I was there, I worked with a ton of bands, Paramore, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, Cobra Starship, Gym Class Heroes, uh, This Providence, a ton, a ton of great stuff that I got to do over the years. From there, I, uh, I started a management company because once I left Fuel Bar Ramen, I had made so many records over the past 10 years with producers and mixers and such that I loved working with. And sometimes it was kind of difficult to work with some of them because no one was really handling schedules, negotiations, things of that nature, basically everything outside of them being creative people in the studio and making great sounding records. So once I left Fuba Ram and a few of them actually reached out to me a few days later once they heard and were like, hey, will you manage me? So it kind of came super organically. And I was like, actually, that'd be awesome. Like no one's representing these people. They do such great work. Like maybe it's up to me to put them in front of great jobs. So that's how self-titled management was born three years ago. And now I work with over 15 guys that I represent everything for, uh, calendar, all the, everything I can do for them to get new jobs and better jobs and market them. And they're kind of created a need for, you know, an area where I wanted bands to go to learn about these guys because there's this like kind of like a curtain put up that most bands, unsigned bands especially, don't have access to a lot of producers or mixers or guys that made their favorite records and worked with their bands when the, their favorite bands had started. Kind of wanted to put it all in one place because there's like a hodgepodge of it all over the place with all music and Wikipedia and such like that. So, you know, I figured let's take it a step further and put this all in the same place. You know, again, it, it was came out of necessity for the guys that I worked with that I wanted to promote and it kind of expanded. And obviously, Jesse, once I brought the idea to you, you kind of took it and ran with it and saying, you know what, if we're going to do this, let's do this like crazy and put it up and make it like this big community marketplace and like have people be able to, you know, pitch a project straight to these producers. And we will kind of like, you know, watch over it because we have the relationship with all these guys. Yes. And that is where we're at today. And what I'm doing now is I also I as on top of self-titled management, I also work at Equal Vision on the A&R side of things. So 
again, I'm always receiving a million demos and I'm always kind of like, man, this song isn't very well thought through or, you know, the quality of it is still, you know, leaves a lot to the imagination where that's cool for sending it to labels. Uh, but again, you kind of want to always make your first impression the best it can be. So I think that this also helps with that. I should add my biography in here real quick in case the listeners aren't familiar with it. So my background is I wrote a book about three years ago that I update regularly called Get More Fans, the DIY Guide to the Music Business, which is now taught in over a dozen universities and is regarded uh, as the highest rated book on Amazon right now in the music business. Uh, I've been producing records for the last 20 years for a ton of bands from the Menzingers, the Misfits, Man Overboard, Transit, Animal Collective, a whole wide variety, and I mix and master records most of the time. Uh, I also have worked in just about every facet of the music business, including working at Go-Kart Records for years. I was a concert promoter for years, and I worked at uh, the last freeform radio station in America, WFMU, for over a decade. Yeah, I, th I think one of the things I've always given musicians advice on is that if you are leaving people to imagine like, wow, this will be better, like this is a demo, but it, it they'll hear the potential, that's very hardly the case. You obviously have a lot of experience, but many people just want to hear a finished product or else they and say, yes, this is great. I should get this to more people or else they're really not going to get it. There's not a lot of, I, I, I even regard myself as somebody, like I joke that I'm the person who's been in the music business the longest that hasn't discovered so many bands being the first person. And uh, like, I just don't always hear that band in the raw going, this could be amazing. I just hear how I can make it more amazing. Sure. That's great. I wanted to see if there was anything that really inspired you, like any incidents that kind of led to that. You were like, this is what really needs to be done. Like, where did you see the breakdowns happening most of the time? Can you give us some more details about that? Yeah, I think just communication was number one. Um, just basically, you know, when, when a producer's in the studio and you can attest to this for 12, 15 hours a day, email and phone calls aren't really the first thing on your mind once you get home at midnight, two in the morning, you know? So <laughs> it's really nice. I thought to be able to kind of take the reins on that and kind of speak for someone where they, I know what they want. I know what their goals are. I know what their levels of, you know, interest in certain projects would be. So I could get the ball rolling and kind of give you a summary of, Hey, here's a couple projects that are on deck. I want you to get on the phone with this band this weekend when you get a day off and this and that and kind of like, just be their assistant per se, and, you know, manage everything that I do with them. And, you know, I think everyone's better off for it. I mean, there's a couple incidents that I had at Field by Ramen where it was just a nightmare because things weren't agreed upon in the correct way or contracts weren't signed and records had fallen apart and money was lost. And it's like, I don't want unsigned bands to ever go through that, let alone label bands where they're being funded. So, you know, I just wanted to find a nice clean way to where they, it can kind of be moderated and, you know, curated a little bit between people that have these relationships and make it easier for a ton of local bands to get in touch with their favorite producers. Awesome. Um, so one of the things we discussed early on was the idea that like when we're both reading interviews or talking to all of the label guys we know is that they say that, you know, making good music is the best advertisement money. And like so many bands have gotten caught up in like, how do I Facebook market? How do I do this? When really it is just about making good music, yet they're going to the 
guy who just got a, a Pro Tools system two weeks ago and has four mics and doesn't really necessarily know best practices. Um, I wanted to see if you have any insight on like how this ch- helps change that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's, you know, it always comes down to songs and it always comes down to like, you know, getting the best first impression with fans or hopeful new fans. Um, And I think, I think it's a really key thing rather than going to the guy that's just going to hit record, going to the guys that have experience with pulling the right emotion or quality take out of an artist. And I think, you know, not just recording quality, which is obviously super important if you can afford it, but the guy with the experience that he could help you tweak your song to make the song the best it can be. And, you know, that goes all the way to like rewriting things or like removing and completely starting over on a bridge or whatever it may be, um, changing lyrics, changing a melody, changing anything. Like all of it goes hand in hand these days. And I think almost every producer has the chops that can do that rather than if I just bought a rig and went to a a venue tomorrow and said, Hey, let me record your band. Like that's clearly not going to get it done. But, you know, I think as you can probably attest to again, is you being there with your experience and giving a band their first recording session goes a lot further than a guy that started six months ago. That's still figuring it out for himself. Yeah. I think that it's, it's sometimes underestimated because there's so many things that musicians can't see the potential that somebody does is like you record with somebody and they kind of hit record and you can't see like how many different things of just knowing a few special tricks really do go a long way of helping your music. Even just knowing simple little things like that for punk music, it's usually a lot better to record guitar first instead of bass uh, right after drums and simple things. Hopefully all these producers that we've went through and handpicked on this site uh, all get that stuff and can show bands the right way to do it, which I think the other thing that was really cool as we were discussing doing this is that we were talking about that this will make music better, hopefully, of giving more bands access to working with people instead of thinking they just have to settle for the person who's closest down the road to them. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's a huge thing, like you said, because it gives them access to these people that they probably think are well out of their price range or don't even know how to go find out their prices. So it's a huge value, I think, to be able to see that and go, wow, that guy would charge a thousand dollars a song. We could afford that if we just put our minds to it for six months. Let's put everything in the pot for that and go and have a conversation with this guy and hopefully it works out. Yeah. And I think it's even an interesting thing because I, one of the things I like to tell everybody about, like even how you and I got to know each other is we're in a community that's always discussing like new music on Twitter and that's really what we're always looking for is like you and I are both diehard music fans who are always looking for like who's making that great new song. And it's frustrating when you hit play on something you're like, well, this band kind of sounds good, but it's just not quite there. It's missing that little thing. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I, what was the first thing that we talked about? I'm sure it was, uh, like you're saying, a band that one of us posted and re- we rebuttaled it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure it was something on Twitter where it was just like, okay, you know, yeah, I'm really digging this record. Da 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 da. You know? <laughs> and uh, I, I think that that's a really funny thing because, like, I wrote an article for Alternative Press a while back about, like, that's how I've made most of my good friends is sure. internet discussions on the internet and you find the people that feel the same way as you do about it, like that beach slang record says. Right. Um, and I think that that's a, a, a big thing is that we want to see this 
get better for music at large. Right. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm thinking back on it, too, and I think it might have been something with the 1975 having uh, the best sounding record for the last 10 years by far. Yes. And so, that was definitely definitely the record I've been most passionate about. So yep. one of the other things I think that Noise Creators does so well is bands have the disadvantage to labels in very few ways these days. Distribution has gotten so big and ubiquitous that if you use DistroKid or TuneCore or whatever, you have your record in all the same places that the biggest bands out there do. But the biggest problem we have now is that bands don't have the resources to have researched every producer and know who's the right fit in it. And one of the things you and I are trying to do is make it so that all these bands have all the research we have done over the years of knowing what records people have done and knowing who's killing it and knowing who's doing good work because you've been A&R and working with them for so many years. I master for so many different engineers and see all their upcoming talent that's coming out there and who's good and who's doing this. No, I'm seeing do great work these days and we're able to give bands that expertise. What are the other things? A lot of this podcast will be a way for bands to get to know producers better and I think one of the things we really want to do too is make sure that bands understand the personality of who they're getting with. A lot of bands I think get intimidated about working with a bigger personality because they think that that person's going to be headstrong and just tell them what to do and throw a whip at them and all that stuff. But what I think the overwhelming thing has happened while I think we're like over a dozen podcasts taped on this is that what you see is most of these producers are trying to help you get something accomplished um, instead of force their opinion on you and tell you what's right and what's wrong. And I think that that's a very big misconception. And I want to see if you could speak to what the thing, some of the misconceptions you've seen producers have or young musicians have about working with a bigger producer. Sure. I mean, you look at, you know, most of the guys, most bands learn about producers via their credits or they recorded you know, a record that they just love and they instantly are like, well, that band's on a label, that band tours all year. We don't, we obviously can't go to that guy, but what you'll hear in the podcasts and what I've learned over the last 15 years working with guys like this is they all got into it for the same reason we did and the bands did. I mean, they fell in love with no effects 20 years ago, you know, and they just wanted to work with bands like that. So it's like they're doing it for the reason and sure it became a, a profession. So sometimes some guys get burnt out and jaded and older and just don't want to work with the new trends and this and that. But what you'll hear in the podcasts is a lot of these guys don't really, they're not like, I guess they're always identified by their credits, but a lot of them, and I'll use Casey Bates as the example, like he's done a lot of bigger records, you know, five, 10 years ago, but his favorite thing is pop punk and he's never done a pop punk record. And he's just, He's just itching for one, but no one knows that because where is he going to tell people about that? You know what I mean? So I think I think in the interview, you touched on it with him in the podcast. Um, and if not, like, I mean, it's something that where I, I just want to create this, like, you know, where, where bands can approach producers, even if it's not their forte per se of like their credits are lined up this way. You'll be shocked if you reach out to one of these guys that they probably will come back to you with excitement on something you're not even ready for. So I think it's just not judging them strictly by their credits or their past because a lot of these guys do one record and it does well, so they kind of get more records like that. And that's not mm -hmm. usually their favorite genre. And they get stuck like, I mean, Johnny Kane in Chicago is a metal dude and he doesn't even listen to the genre, but he does all those records because he did a Disturbed record 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. 
No, I, I experienced it in my own careers. Like the first stuff I did that got popular was white boy hip hop, and that's obviously not my jam. <laughs> I'm shocked that it's not, but uh, <laughs> learn stuff every day. Um, I, I think this this also speaks to another thing that we're really excited to do, which is that if you're a musician out there and you're listening to this and you are like, hey, I one don't actually know who I should have produced my record, you and I are here to pool our knowledge and answer and try to find a better fit for you among the producers in our service. And you can email or call us and we can talk about your goals, your budget and your influences and try to give our advice. Cause like if there's one thing that you and I also do is that like, we're very big fans of producers. We follow it closely and we have a ton of experience in the music business. And I think that, what we can, are able to do is give some really good advice and pass you along with somebody who exactly like you said, like that great example of Casey is like, hey, you're a pop punk band and this guy has made so many influential records over the years and he really wants to do pop punk. Maybe give it a chance because you also don't want to just sound like every other band that's been going to the same pop punk producer. Yeah, and it could be an interesting pairing for sure. I mean, that was one of my favorite things to do ever when I was at Feel by Ramen is find you know, get the band on the phone and talk to these producers and talk to five different producers about how they work, the vision they see for the band and their current sound and have this good back and forth. And you'd be shocked at how many guys, producers are stuck in their ways where they were just like, this is how I do things. And the band's like, well, can we do it this way? They're like, that's not how I do it. Mm. None of those guys are on the site. Those are all big old jaded dudes. Mm. And then you'd find the guy that's just this young, hungry, that's like, yeah, that's what, I grew up on this band, you remind me of that, I'd like to bring elements in and this and that, and it's just an exciting thing. So it's like, if if people reach out to us, you and I have that knowledge of all these guys. I mean, we're talking to tens, twenties producers a day about all these different projects. So it's like, uh, if they come to us, we're going to bring them five options and go, hey, you should get on the phone with a couple of these guys, figure out if they're the right guy for you. Because I still, you know, I would I would recommend guys, but I always want a band to feel like they're making their best decision and they're comfortable because I can't imagine paying money going into a studio and being like, damn, we screwed up. So I, I really want a band to make that decision based on all the research they're able to do through our site. I think that's, that touches on another thing is that that's what we're also trying to do here is we're trying to give musicians more information so they come out of their records being extremely happy and exceeding their expectations instead of feeling like they were failed by the producer, which I think has happened way too many times to bands yeah. that we know and love. Sure. So another thing that we had to do along the way is we got involved with some people since you and I are not the um, biggest programming nerds is we had to get involved with a company called We Are Shylight uh, to build the, this site. Um, and what I think is interesting with these guys is is they share the same love of music as us and um, even Evan is in a band called Avian Row who are signed to Epitaph, can you talk about how you got them aboard and everything? Yeah, so actually what's crazy is that was the hardest part of this entire site was finding the right partners on that side of things, on the design and the creation, because I don't know any of that. Obviously, like we spoke, you you didn't know it at the time, and 
they, uh, you know, I, I had spoken to 10, 15, 20 guys, honestly, um, highly recommended from a bunch of mutual friends. And I got pretty far down the road with a couple of them. I think two or three, they were, they were showing me mock-ups and this and that, but there just wasn't this like passion and this want. I mean, it's been a long road, as you know, mm. to get it done the way that we've envisioned it, that we think is going to be the most useful for people. Um, so the second that I talked to Evan, he like jumped through the phone and was like, hang on, I got to get my partner Bruce on the phone. And he's like, retell me everything you just told me. And I did. And they both have been in bands, you know, struggling bands in the past. Obviously, Evan's on Epitaph now. Bruce isn't active in bands, but they jumped at the chance because they just got it. They figured, man, if we had this 10 years ago when we were started, we wouldn't have wasted tens of thousands of dollars with producers that literally just hit record and sent us on our way and they moved on. Like, they want to be able to help connect these bands because they live that life and they wanted to, to really make it easy. And they, they, we've gone through, you know, six months of changes in building the website. And I think we're, we're at a point where we're all, we're just so excited to get it up and get it ready. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, th they were the perfect partners. And like I said, it was, a, it was a trying period to get people. And I was very close to just saying, forget it. And then right when I, when Evan got it, I was like, wow, I should have called you a year ago because I've known Evan for five years now in his band and I didn't know he was doing this. And he showed me a site and his stuff and it was just like perfection. I'm like, you guys are great at what you do. If I fill you in with info, Jesse's going to fill you in with info. Can you create this? And they, were, they absolutely, from day one, they were the right people. Yes, and that's one of the things I'm most proud of is Bruce and Evan uh, both did such an amazing job making this site look the way it does. So one of the other things that I liked, obviously, is being a producer for most of my life, and that's always been my main job, is that this also makes life easier for producers. One of the worst things is nitpicking details, having to send the same info and give the same speech over and over again. And also that like you take so many meetings with bands that are just totally useless. Um, and I think what's great about this is this answers a lot of the questions a band doesn't know about you and makes it easier to pick and choose the projects that you're going to be most passionate about and do a great job with. Can you speak to some of the, th the things that you see your producers you work with that are they're pained by that we're able to get around? Yeah, I think, um, I, again, like you said, it's the information that is just so vital. And a lot of bands, too. I uh, I used to be this kid, too, when I ran the, my own label in my bedroom is, you know, you're afraid to reach out to certain people because you're intimidated. But I think having all of the information on one page with a podcast so you really get a feel for this person and their passion and their old stories and what they're looking for in the future. Like I think pulling again, that curtain down and just letting people learn on their own time, uh, is, is so valuable. So I, I think that the producers side of it, you know, it's easy for them. Cause like you said, you take an hour with you record a podcast, put it up and here it's sitting on this marketplace now where Hopefully there's a ton of bands just coming and learning about that producer and searching by label, by artist, by location, whatever it may be that they land on someone's page. Uh, it's it's just so valuable because you can't really get in front of bands right now. I don't feel like there's an area to do that. So hopefully this provides that spot where bands go here, learn about guys and start reaching out. Yes. And I think like one of the other cool things we have too is, is like, you're not a podcast person. We have written interviews with some basic questions. We even have Spotify playlists we've put together of every single producer on the site so that, you know, if you're much more like, I want to hear the vibe and like 
what they're capable of in the span. Like if you're a really diverse band, sometimes like, you know, it can be a little scary to go with somebody who's only works in one genre. Um, you can hear what this person's been doing with their life over the years. And I think that that provides a really, really great way to understand who you're going to work with that has never been available before. Yep. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, listening to the Spotify playlist, just throw it on for an hour while you're doing whatever, doing some emails and really get the gist of how, you know, if it's a ba- if it's a guy that does heavy stuff, how heavy does he go and how light does he go? Maybe you're not that heavy, but you love his, uh, his guitar tones or whatever it may be. Like go and research and learn as much as you can about each of the guys you're interested in. So one of the other things that I think is cool that we have coming up is our blog also will be featuring and talking to a lot of these producers, but we're also going to have lots of features on the best unsigned bands and up-and-coming bands, maybe not always unsigned, but the bands people haven't quite heard of yet, and we're going to be profiling a bunch of those bands um, over time. Um, As well in the future, uh, we're looking to expand on to other services that producers can do to talk to more musicians. And um, Johnny, can you talk about what else we're looking at in the future? Yeah, I, I just want to touch on the band thing real quick. Like, send your bands to us. Like, yes. we we want to hear it all. I mean, on not just because we work on this site, but just for all around things. We want new bands, exciting things that are going on with every band. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll do a feature with you. So we'll uh, we'll work that out in the future. But yeah, go to the contact page. We have a ton of direct emails to both Jesse and I. Uh, so reach out. We'd love to hear it. And and then on future stuff, what uh what what are we gonna what should we touch on for that? Well, actually, every month or so, we'll be adding a whole slew of new guys, um, new producers that you can work with. We want to hear from you on how we can make the site function better, what you're liking, what you're not liking, what you need to be made easier. If there's info that we aren't posting about certain producers that you want to know, let us know. We'll find that out about that specific producer, but also we want to add that in for the future for all producers. So we want this to be a very easy back and forth forum. So reach out with any thoughts, questions, anything. Um, you know, this hopefully will turn into a great tool for all bands, producers, anyone that's looking to make records with people. So reach out. We're we're all ears. On top of that, we have a create, we have a database with a bunch of other creatives. So if you're looking for anything in the, in, in music, a photographer, videographer, publicist, anything along those lines, you know, just reach out. That's not something we offer, but again, we've been in this a long time. We've handled, you know, every step of the way for certain bands. So please reach out. We're, we're open to helping as many bands as we can and hopefully we'll uh, be able to help you get to the next level. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember the golden rule of the internet, that if you enjoy something you got for free, please tweet, Facebook, share, or tell your friends about it in whatever way you like to do that. Please check out Noise Creator's website and take a look around. We have tons of interviews, discographies, Spotify playlists from all the best producers out there on our service. If you're unsure about who your band should work with, we can help you get the best producer fit for your record. To keep up with us, follow at Noise Creators on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Tumblr, or Facebook. This podcast can also be found wherever podcasts are found, including iTunes and Stitcher. I'm your host, Jesse Cannon. I can be found on Twitter at Jesse Cannon or at jessecannon.com. Again, please help spread the word about this podcast and what Noise Creators does so we can keep this going. 